Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Dasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Dasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Homage to the Blessed, Noble, and Perfectly Enlightened One. Homage to the Blessed, Noble, and Perfectly Enlightened One. Homage to the Blessed, Noble, and Perfectly Enlightened One. And my young Buddha, Vitutingaroma, say, let us chant in praise of the Buddha. Yo so Tata Gato Arahansam he is impeccable in conduct and understanding. Sugato, the accomplished one. Lokavidu, the knower of the worlds. Anuttaro, Purisadamasarati. He trains perfectly those who wish to be trained. Sata Deva Manusanang, he is teacher of gods and humans. Buddha Bhagava, he is awake and holy. Yawi Mang Lokang Sate Wakang Samarakang Sabramakang. In this world with its gods, demons, and kind spirits, Sāsamanabhra aning pachang satteva manusang sayang abhinya sachikattava pavedesi etsikas and sages, celestial and human beings. He has by deep insight revealed the truth. Yaudama desesiyadikalayana mache kalayanang pariyo sanakalayanang. He has pointed out the Dhamma, beautiful in the beginning, beautiful in the middle, beautiful in the end. Satang sapiyanjana kevala paripunang parisudang brahmacharya pakasesi. He has explained the spiritual life of complete purity in its essence and conventions. Tamahang bhagavan tangabhi pujayami tamahang bhagavan tang sirasanamami. I chant my praise to the Blessed One. I bow my head to the Blessed One. Anvayang Dhamma Bhitu Tinga Roma Se Now that 
Jesus, chant in praise of the Dhamma. Yo so so akado magawadadamo. The Dhamma is well expounded by the Blessed One. Sandi teko aparadiran now akaliko timeless ehipasiko encouraging investigation opanaiko leading inwards bachatang veditapo in you heap to be experienced individually by the wise. Tamahang damang abibujayami tamahang damang sirasa namami. I chant my praise to this teaching. I bow my head to this truth. Anmayang Sangha Bitutinga Roma say. Now let us chant in praise of the Sangha. Yo so supati pano bhagavato sawaka sango. They are the blessed one's disciples who have practiced well. Uchyupati Pano Bhagavato Savakasango, who have practiced directly. Nyayapati Pano Bhagavato Savakasango, who have practiced insightfully. Samichipati Pano Bhagavato Savakasango, those who practice with integrity, Yadidangcha Taripurisayukaniyatapurisapugala, that is the four paths, the eight kinds of noble beings, Esabhagavato Savakasango, these are the blessed one's disciples. Ahunayo, such ones are worthy of gifts. Pahunayo, worthy of hospitality. Dakinayo, worthy of offerings. Anjali Karaniyo, worthy of respect. Adutarangbunyaketanglokatsa. They give occasion for incomparable goodness to arise in the world. Tamahang sangang apipu jayami tamahang sangang sirasa namami. I chant my praise to this sangha. I bow my head to this sangha.
Oh, this uh, morning chanting is in a monastery is what you do every day to remember, reflect the Buddha Dhamma Sangha. <clears throat> so this uh, like a religious convention uh, is a is to be used, you know, as a reminder and the world <clears throat> makes gets us uh, scattered and we um, get spread out over all kinds of problems, worries of family, uh, society, uh, <clears throat> and therefore a religious uh, convention is to remind us of remembrance. So religious symbols, you know, like these these uh, images, tankas and so forth, they can, they, you can just see them aesthetically, whether you think they're beautiful or not, or judging it from Western attitude about aesthetics. You can criticize them, you can think they're all rubbish, or you can believe they're sacred and have holy energies within them, or you can project anything you want onto them. But I find skillful use of them is uh, icons or reminders. So there's just this, this simple word Buddha, a Buddha Rupa. Bhutto, over years, over 40 years of Bhutto, Buddha, that word itself immediately brings me, no matter how scattered I might be in the present, that just the image, uh, Buddha image, or the word Buddha or Bhutto. It's a way of, of using a word, you know, that, to, to center, to remind yourself, to remember. <clears throat> so sati, my is a kind of remembering, here and now, Apparent here and now, timeless, the Dhamma is here and now. It's not about finding it in the future. Bhutto, Buddha is here and now. Dhamma is here and now. Sangha is here and now. It's not, these are not meant to be ceremonial habits or just uh, ideas of you know, some kind of abstractions or energies or projecting onto these words uh, all kinds of different meanings, but to use them so they actually help remind you. Awake here and now, seeing, knowing Dhamma rather than being caught up in one's personal uh, scenario. <clears throat> And the value of a religious tradition is that it it, it can you know it can be used skillfully. Uh, it can be perfunctory or you know used as you know as just some kind of intellectual thing, some kind of custom, cultural habit. Or we can have the view that all religions are rubbish. We don't need them. 
We just need to be mindful, and that's another view and opinion. So there's all kind of you have the view you have to have a you have to be a Buddhist to get enlightened, or you don't need images, conventions, just be awake and aware. And these are true but not right kind of statements. So in wisdom we're I mean, how to skillfully use what's available. Like uh, at this time, this particular convention, Theravada Buddhism, this is what, what's available now. How to use it for awareness, not for reinforcing personality, views, opinions, attachments. It's not to make you into terib- devout Theravada Buddhists or you know, that's not, it's not a missionary effort to convert you or to condition you, but learning how to use something, a convention, a form for awakening. As a reminder. So now just uh, sit and observe the way it is. At this moment, you know, how the feeling, the mood, state of mind you're in at this moment, just to be the observer of it. Whatever, if it's peaceful, confused, busy, still, whatever, is not the issue, just be the Bhutto knowing the Dhamma. Be the one who knows the knowing of the Dhamma. Not, no longer, and seeing that the person with the problem is a creation that you, you create into your consciousness. Now, a mood or a state of mind or the jitta, and jitanupasana, the third foundation of mindfulness, is, is observing the, this energetic feeling. So it's not, you don't even have to name it. It doesn't, you know, we always think nothing's real unless we give it a name. We define it and label it in some way. But as you're well aware uh, that moods, sometimes they're not, you can't define them or give an accurate description with words on your state of mind. But you know what it is. 
say emotionally or the mood, the jitta is like this at this moment, is like this. Uh, maybe you have no way of telling anyone or defining it, but you can know it. And so this is direct knowing, it's like this. And you can also see your, your thinking mind, your intellect coming in to make comments about, about it, whether it's a good mood, a bad mood, uh, um, peaceful or confused. You know, you want to, this, this always wanting to define, to name, to label, uh, make it real uh, on the conceptual level when, because you don't trust the intuitive sense. The culture, the society we come from, does not trust intuition. It tends to trust analysis, reason and logic. So if you can reasonably understand your emotions, is a, is a, oftentimes a confusing state we find ourselves to to an, analyze our emotions, find out why I feel like this, whose fault is it that I have these type of feelings, what's what can I do to deal with these feelings? It's all about me and mine, my feelings, what I, what should or shouldn't be. <clears throat> And then wanting to figure them out, to put them into a context of reason, being reasonable, analytical. But emotions are not reasonable. You know, that's not, they cannot never be reasonable emotions. Reason is about thinking. <clears throat> thinking is not feeling. Uh, uh, thoughts have no no sensitivity whatsoever. So when you're when you're attached to thinking, you lose your sensitivity. You can be. That's why uh, people that are uh, gifted with uh, you know with great thinking abilities oftentimes don't feel very much because their whole world is based on. Uh, concepts, ideas, creation, human creations that may be very intelligent, very reasonable. But have, does any of your thoughts, do they have any feelings at all? Mine don't. Because feeling is not thinking. It's not about thinking. It's, a, it's this way. It arises and ceases according to the conditions. <clears throat> Whether I'm happy, feeling happy on top of the world depends on the conditions for that 
feeling to arise. You know, it's not, it's not some kind of personal, I should be happy and on top of the world as a continuous state of mind, but life is, you know, is this continuous experience of changing conditions. So you can't sustain happiness as a permanent uh, uh, experience. But you can be aware. It's awareness is self-sustaining. It's not, it's not personal. And you're aware of the conditions as they change. So now this uh, awareness, sati sampachanya, embracing awareness. So try to get a feeling for this. Notice this open, receptive, listening, attention, but not necessarily choosing any object, just this wide embracing, openness, receptivity, It's a relaxed state. It's not, you're not trying to get or find anything. You're just, it's an imminent reality of just trusting, opening, receiving life here and now.
Now, in this open, receptive awareness, then things will come into consciousness. Like you can choose, like the just noticing the body, the sitting posture, kind of noticing the sensations of that you're experiencing just in the level of touch as your clothes uh, touch your skin or your hands or feet, things like this, just bringing into consciousness the reality of this body's like this, it's feeling, it's subtle feelings because a lot of feeling that the body has is not particularly extreme. Pleasure, pain, but then there's neutral feeling allows you to just receive your body as it is. It's not about, you know, how well you sit or whatever, but not to to create in some kind of personal thing, but it's like this. The body sitting like this. So now when I do this, I feel the pressure of sitting, the body sitting on this cushion, where my hands, feet, knees, spine, and aware of tensions maybe, or maybe you're, you're, you're tensing up or forcing, you're aware, but don't even try to change that. It's not about noticing tensions to get rid of them. It's just being the knowing. It's like the tension, physical tension like this. Receiving it as it is. Pain or discomfort as it is. Not about getting rid of it. But receiving it in this wide, expansive, conscious awareness. Uncritical.
Then there's the breath. This is happening here and now, breathing in, inhaling, exhaling. Now with Anapanasati you can uh, tranquilize consciousness just by concentrating on the breathing. In samatha practice, which is skillful, you know, as a way of calming. But right now, don't, don't try to calm anything or get anything, but just be observing, be the knowing of inhalings like this, exhalings like this. So the way it is, it's like this. This is like this is a thought, but it's pointing. It's reminding you not that you're just receiving. You're not criticizing. It's not. It's not the way it is in a kind of a kind of resigned uh, negative resignation to misery. Uh, you can say, well, that's the way it is. Life is. Terrible. You just have to accept that life is a miserable experience. That's the way it is. That's not it. <laughs> it's not resign- negative resignation to misery or to anything, but it's, it's a reminder that at this moment, whatever you're feeling, you know, whether happy, sad, bored, sleepy, Confused, angry, greedy, frightened, fed up, or whatever is the way it is. It's like this. The suchness or as isness is just this, like this. So, the, like this, the way it is, is reminding you to just observe, be the puto knowing. 
the Dhamma rather than uh, a person with, uh, you know, that has feelings and owns to the feelings and the conditions and judges, criticizes, identifies, attaches to it. So the, in the scriptures, the Pali scriptures, the Buddha, after his enlightenment, referred to himself as the Dathakada. And this word Dathada is, is a Pali word for the way it is, the suchness, as isness. So the Buddha is no longer Prince Siddhartha, is no longer uh, with a history, you know, royal parentage, privileged background. Uh, no longer ascetic Gotama, uh, the super superman ascetic of the time, uh, with a history, a success and failure, and and all that. But the way it is, that which is now, the that which is present now, the Dattakada. So this Dattada is uh, Pali. Word for suchness, as isness. So the strong sense of of person, of you know, one's personality, one's emotions, can be very real for us. But also, we can observe that, can't we? We can. I can observe my what I like and don't like, and what I want and what I don't want, and what I'm afraid of, what I'm threatened by. <clears throat> There's an awareness of it. When I feel upset, uh, there's an awareness of, of being upset. Now, the, that awareness then is not trying to get rid of it or blame it on anybody, but it's, it's seeing the way it is, feeling upset, is like this. Confused, feeling confused, not knowing what to do, how to practice is like this. Feeling lonely and isolated is like this. I mean, or you, whatever it is, whatever the, the mood or state of mind you're experiencing now is, it's non-judgmental, but it's, receiving it. It's not, not saying how things should be, but the mood, the jitta is like this.
So notice that all this is happening can be happening simultaneously. The breathing, the mood, the posture. It's not about one or the other, or one cancels out the other. And if you're concentrating on one, then you don't notice the others. But in this receptive state, this, this uh, expanded conscious reception of the moment, it receives everything, you know, it's not discriminative, judging. You have to recognize this is, this is, a, this is your real refuge. This is what you can trust. Not, you can't trust any ideas, views, the body, external things, other people, traditions, teachers, uh, Governments, gurus, priests, monks, nuns. But this is you can trust, this awareness. This is, this is like sadha in Pali faith. You begin to recognize it. It's not believing in Dhamma. It's not about believing what other people tell you about the Dhamma is realizing, recognizing, trusting in this simplicity, ultimate simplicity. So the, the point is recognizing, you know, awakened consciousness, awakened, informed with wisdom. It's like this. So it's always with you. You've never, it's never, it's never kind of something you don't. It's, that comes and goes according to whether you recognize it or realize it. That's all. Even when you're, we've gone mad, you still, there's this, still this consciousness, the purity of consciousness. You know, you're totally crazy emotional state. It doesn't, the conditions have changed. So it's not that you, you've lost it or you, you're condemned to, to madness forever because you're heedless and you're going to be punished for being heedless. This is the old dualistic scenario again, isn't it? So, remembering, recognizing, cultivating this awareness. First you need to recognize it realize, recognize, it's this.
Then the sound of silence, notice is this resonating vibratory energy. Kind of scintillating. Like a stream. Doesn't seem to have any beginning or ending to it. It's, it has, but it's certainly here and now. I don't create it. It's not a, you know, refined state of consciousness that depends on silence and stillness. It's just recognizable. Recognizing. So these are the, the what I use as reminders of the the posture, the breath, sound of silence. Because these are all not created by me, out of, they're not created by what I want or desire. <clears throat> they're natural. They're recognizable, apparent here and now, timeless. Consciousness. Then, you know, when we do body contemplation, you're noticing you're conscious of the posture. So that means that consciousness isn't in your head, is it? It's not about your brain. Because you're just aware, you're, you're not, you're not, you know, you, you, uh, for example, right now I'm looking at all of you. You're not in my brain, but you're in consciousness. So the body is, you know, aware of the, of the posture of sitting is like this. Conscious awareness of the reality of this body as it as I'm experiencing at this moment here and now is like this. The breath, the mood, the sound of silence.
always listening, listening to yourself thinking. Like now, for example, take this and create yourself as I am, and on it say to yourself, but listen to yourself thinking and quite intentionally. Think I am an unenlightened person who has to practice today in order to become enlightened in the future. Now just keep thinking, observing yourself thinking that. I am an unenlightened person who's here to practice to become enlightened. Now that's a true, isn't it? Most of you think you're unenlightened people that that has to do something in order to become enlightened. Now intentionally thinking this, I am this pronoun and verb, I am unenlightened person trying to become enlightened in the future. That now just if you keep thinking that but observing it, the sense of it's of of I am, you know, believing this thought falls away. Because your relationship to it is knowing it as a condition you're creating rather than the reality, your reality. You start seeing that you, maybe you operate your whole life from this from this assumption. I am this person. I'm not good enough. Uh, I've got to clean up my act. I've got to make myself better. Uh, I've got to perfect myself. I've got to get rid of my uh, negative feelings, and uh, I've got to change. These are you know. This is all about. Being a person, personality is like this. And not that it's wrong, and not judging it in terms of right or wrong, but we're putting it in a context. You know, of Puto Tamo, of Buddha knowing the Dhamma. So that which is aware of, I am an unenlightened person here to practice to become enlightened in the future, the Buddha, the Puto, is aware of this as a condition arising and ceasing. This, this thought, the intentionally thinking this thought that you may be believe in totally. You know, you, you thoroughly believe that this is the truth. To tell you the truth, I am an unenlightened person. And I come here to Spirit Rock to practice in order to become enlightened, uh, hopefully, but I don't know. I've got, done so many stupid things in my life, I don't know if there's any hope for me. And it goes on like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the I am scenario, is, you know, it's a, it's a tirade. So you get on and on and on. But, so instead of endlessly trying to sort that out uh, and determine whether you're 
what kind of person you should or shouldn't be, be the bhutto knowing the Dhamma. So this is, I am an unenlightened person practicing now to become enlightened in the future. Buddha, bhutto, the awareness of this, seeing that as Dhamma rather than, than putting it always in the sense of sakyaditi, Sakyaditi, personality, the ego. So it's not even judging it as this, I shouldn't think like this, I shouldn't see myself as an enlightened person, I should see myself as an enlightened person. That's not it either. It's not about thinking about yourself as enlightened or unenlightened, but it's recognizing thinking and, and maybe assumptions unconscious assumptions you have of why you're here to practice meditation. Or you've, you've had other teachers and other methods and different forms of Buddhism or therapy or other religions and you've got all kinds of ideas about what should or shouldn't be, what's right and wrong, what you have to do what you have to do to, to straighten yourself out, to get your act together. To, uh, and, and not that any of it, you know, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's like this. I am somebody who needs, uh, and I need to do something in order to become better. This is, this is, uh, you create this. This is a create, human creation out of ignorance. And then we believe, we operate from this basic delusion. So now in teaching meditation, I go right to the, you know, this is only the second day. (laughs) But, you know, why muck around when you (laughs) get, get right to the business of, you know, you've got to develop jhanas, and you've got to get this kind of samadhi, and you, you have to keep the sila, and you have to, uh, you know, you, there's all kinds of things you've got to do, and uh, you've got to have the right profession, right livelihood, uh, you've got to be vegetarian, you've got to, and on and on, all the ideals of, that we might hold to about what we should be or do. Not that they're wrong, but they're still coming out of, I am somebody, I am this person, I need to do this, I've got to get that, and I've got to get rid of these bad thoughts, these childish emotions. I've got to get rid of anger and greed. I am an unenlightened person. I'm not making any pretense. I'll tell you the truth. I'm unenlightened. <laughs> Let's be straight. You know, I'm not trying to uh, tell you. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm an unenlightened person practicing 42 years <laughs> to become enlightened in the future. And that would be really miserable scenario, wouldn't it? 42 years in this 
robe. And I end up with this same stupid assumption that I started with. <laughs> so in this I am, notice that this is a, this is a statement of being. Fair enough, I am. There's a kind of announcement using language to announce the presence of being an individual consciousness moment. Then, then, uh, then we, and that isn't, still it's not personal, is it? It's not about I am anything at all, it's I am. And then there's I am Ajahn Sumedha. Then it separates me. You know, I have a name, I have a history. But even in, in uh, this, even the I am is an artificial creation, isn't it? It's language. So in this, uh, what I'm pointing to is the awareness of that. The, the puto aware of knowing Dhamma is conscious, awakened consciousness aware of the conditions as they are. So when you create yourself, I am an unenlightened person practicing now to become enlightened in the future, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're intentionally, you're not assuming that coming from, you may, might assume that, but never consciously think that. You just operate from that assumption during this retreat, you'll end up with the same, you know, <laughs> You might get inspired is the best you can hope for. You know, inspiration, you know, to kind of make you, you know, on your personality kind of lift it up a bit and give you some energy as a person. But what I'm pointing to is not inspire inspiration, but an encouragement for awakening and, and investigating a lot of assumptions, attitudes, and that that we just take for granted. We've never consciously recognized them or seen them other than operate from them. So our lives are spent, you know, operating from I am an unenlightened person. Uh, and no matter how many retreats we can go on, we still, if we've never seen through that, then we, you know, every retreat is, is that's our, that's what we start with and that's where we end up. Do you feel frustrated with meditation because after years you're still, you're still not enlightened? <laughs> and this is, you know, you can get more refined is the best or more inspired or maybe you have a calmer, nicer personality. But it's not liberation. So after 42 years, my personality's not enlightened. And I realize it will never be enlightened because it is a condition. 
You know, so you find teachers with different personalities. And you think, an enlightened person wouldn't do that or say that. <laughs> My teacher is enlightened. And, and, and then you get to know them better and then you see all kinds of personal things that you don't particularly like that much. He's, he, he or she couldn't be enlightened because uh, they smoke cigarettes <laughs> or they eat meat or they, I've heard them show anger. An enlightened, per, uh, uh, enlightened person never get angry. So you've, you've created an image of a, a kind of like a Buddha Rupa image, uh, you know, made out of uh, marble. Beautiful, but, but then when you get to see the, the human side, Buddha Rupas, you can swear, you can murder in front of them and they still remain calm. Because marble doesn't have any feelings. <clears throat> but human beings, we have, we have to live in this sensitive state. You know, human body, senses, Heat and cold, pleasure, pain, it's all about sensitivity and uh, relentless, inexorable sensitivity we have to live with through a, through a lifetime. So our, you know, it's not about making ourselves into a beautiful marble image. But anyway, this is to encourage this for the day, you know, to, to investigate. Don't believe what I'm saying now either. It's just this is for reflection, you know, to encourage you to challenge, get behind even the sense of yourself as in whatever way you conceive yourself. And not that it's wrong or you shouldn't have any personality whatsoever, but you, that which knows the personality. So when I say, my personality is not enlightened, but there's a knowing of personality now. I know what it is of Sakyaditi. It's very clear. It's not, it doesn't, you know, I know uh, how it changes and moves and so forth. So, and it has good, good personal qualities and not so good personal qualities and so forth. Childish personal qualities, mature personal qualities. But these, you know, my relationship to them is knowing, no longer operating by binding myself to sakyaditi or personality as my way of experiencing life.